Hey, coming up on the next episode of Unpolished MBA. No matter what product you're selling, what service you're selling, what company you have, no matter if it's big or small or large corporation, they all have one common denominator, and that is they are all run by people. And if you can understand how to relate to people, connect with people, make people feel important, those things are synonymous with success as it pertains to networking and even selling. So unpolished MBA audience, I want to welcome Kirk Barnes to this episode. Hi, Kirk. Hey, Monique. Great to be here. Well, thanks for coming. I, I want the audience to know that we know each other. Really well. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, and most people that's on here, I know kind of just, you know, casually or we never right. actually met in person. But just, you know, precursor, I want everybody to know that I do know Kirk from the startup ecosystem in the business world in Atlanta. So thanks for joining. Right. Absolute pleasure to be here. And I'm very privileged and honored to be on your, your podcast. So thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So Kurt, you have quite a resume and lots of things going on right now in, in your career professionally, you know, you just a little bit. Just a little bit, just a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> right. But right. the thing that stands out to me most about, like when I first met you, it was because someone said, do you know Kurt? Like, it's one of those things, like, have you met Kurt before? And I was just like, who's Kurt? So when you're that person, I know that you're very well networked and so much so that people actually call you a super connector. I've seen other people call you that. So now you just put it on your LinkedIn profile, like, hey, I got this. I'll claim that. <laughs> so, so, you know, you're, I would say you're a master networker. How did you develop those skills or was there books or mentors or is that just who you are? School of hard knocks, school of hard knocks. So I think that in, as I, you know, profess and think that networking, I think I believe that networking is the, is one of the common denominators that can accelerate you know, somebody's career and business, no matter what it is. And you take two people with equal skill sets, equal backgrounds, and one has a tremendous amount of people that they can call at any point in time that is well-networked versus the other one that doesn't. The one that's well-networked, well, I'll put my money on them all day long. But as I talk to many people, you know, usually if you're in a career and you work for somebody, most people don't network. Most people tend to get comfortable with just being intentional about the people that are related to your immediate responsibilities or in your company. And it's not until I, I've referred to what I've called it crisis networking. It's not till the company unexpectedly lays people off oh. or the company, you know, closes down a division or your largest client that represents 70% of your business, you know, leaves. Then it's like, oh, I guess I got to start calling people. And that in, on the other side, we sense it a mile away when somebody calls you out the blue or your LinkedIn profile changes and then you get this, <laughs> this emails. Oh, Monique, I just saw that you got a new job and I've been meaning to call you. Let's catch up and do lunch. And you already know what it is. Yeah. Right? So, so that, that actually was my, what was, you know, where I got caught off guard from my first, my first and very visible job working at Takeda Pharmaceuticals. I was a pretty senior person. And at that time, I think the second, third highest ranking black person in organization. Wow. So very visible, but 
unexpectedly was, you know, was part of the first kind of wave of downsides and got let go. And I realized that all the people I knew and all the people that I'd really, you know, developed relationships with were all within inside my organization. And I remember mm-hmm. saying, and I remember learning how to navigate. I had a mentor that helped me learn how to navigate internally. But when I, you know, started having to look for a new job or kind of figure out what I wanted to do next, I didn't have a network outside of Takeda, outside of that company. And that was my journey to say that I will, you know, one of those self promises, I will never be in this position ever again. Yeah. So that was my journey to intentionally connect with people in circles that are outside of my comfort zone, outside of my immediate area of responsibility, outside of, you know, who I do business with. And that has served me well now since 2008 when that happened, 2007, 2008, when that happened. So it was really getting out of a crisis and going through a hard time that made me really start to figure out, you know, why it's important to be intentional about networking. Wow. So when you say 2007, 2008, I'm like, wow. So you had already really been in your career for, you know, a significant amount of time. Before you oh, yeah. realize that, oh man! So I mean, young yeah, people. Yeah, I was seasoned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. I don't say I'm old, but I'm seasoned. <laughs> and, uh, and so I had already been, you know, had worked with Pfizer at that time. I worked with J and J, Johnson and Johnson, and then was one of the first people hired into Ada. And you know, was doing networking, benefiting from networking, almost unintentionally. So I'll say some of that kind of came with having a career in sales and learning how to talk to people, but. Every job that I've ever had, including before being let go from Takeda, every opportunity didn't come from applying. Every job I've gotten, it was through networking. Every single one, including my first one out of college. Wow. So would you say you have a natural gift that you're like executing, you know, using now? I would say that is a gift. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And, but even when you have a gift, is you just people have asked me, okay, like, how do you network or how do you do what you do? Yes. It's hard to describe what it is until you really are intentional, right? And what does that look yeah. like and what are the, you know, the skill sets? So that's when I've been looking to really define a process that works in people for people that may not be just about something. So I'm going to just say from my experience with you and meeting you, you know, and knowing you in the ecosystem here. You're a person that like immediately when you meet someone, you just want, you just care. Like people can tell you, you care where some people, you know, they just like handing out a business card and it's very static. Like I need to know you, you need to know me where you actually care. I'm like, Oh, you know, Hey, I'm here. If you need something, you know, where might you need help? And it's very natural. You're not, you say it's intentional, but I just feel like it just feels very natural. It's like, it's your heart. Yeah. It is. And I think, I, I believe that having gone through, again, being more seasoned, having gone through a lot of curveballs that life throws you. And I think especially having compassion for other people, no matter how they present, I firmly feel that if I'm in a position to help people, it may not come back to me immediately, but it's the energy that you put out there that, you know, people could feel. And I remember hearing the saying, when you meet people, the most interesting person is the most interested person. So when I meet people, I intentionally focus on them, learn about their name. I have some other things that I do. For example, when I meet people, if they give me a business card and I have a conversation, 
I usually have on my best will write down on the back of a business card afterwards, like three or four things that we talk about. And so whenever I talk to that person again, I look at that business card or I'll put those notes in their contact in my phone. And so, you know, it's intentional about remembering important details about people. And that's one of the things that we resonate with. We love seeing for your audience that watch Cheers. You know, you want to go where people know your name. Where everybody knows. Exactly. Oh. And you feel special. You feel welcomed. You feel somebody really cares about you. But when you, when I meet people, I try my best. I'm not always successful, but I try my best to make sure that I'm fully engaged, fully invested in that conversation right then and there. So can we talk about the downside of this, the other side of it? So, and I've experienced this and I wonder if you have as well. I'm like you, I have a bit of a, people say I have a photographic memory with meeting people. I'll remember everything they told me. Uh, And, you know, I rarely forget someone. But when I meet them and they're like, oh, nice to meet you. I'm like, dude, you just told me like, you know, three months ago, everything about your wife, family, kids. And so all I'm saying is it's not necessarily reciprocated, you know, where other people actually care. They're just talking to connect. How do you handle those kind of situations when you put so much effort into making sure you learn and understand them? I call them out and make them feel bad. I'm just playing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't do that now. But you know, I think getting seasoned and again, talking to and talk to just you know, hundreds and not thousands of people, I've learned that not everybody's wired like me. Yeah. And so I have to give people grace, you know, but I also don't make it easy for people. If, if people come, someone comes up and he's like, oh, it's very nice to meet you. And I will say, well, actually it's not the first time we met. We met like two years ago and we were here and you know, tried to call something and then, oh, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, yeah, that's okay. You know, so I don't, yeah. I don't mind giving people a hard time, but I just think, you know, we're at a place, especially coming out of the pandemic that... You know, give people grace. Life is hard, you know, and I understand I'm not everybody's priority and you never know what people are going through. So I tend to give people grace, but I do call them out on it. Yeah. Call, you know, where we spoke, where we met. I'm so glad you said that because I do too. I'm like, no, we've actually met before. Remember your, and I have the wife name, the kid's name, the vacation they may have told me about and everything. They were like, oh, wow. You remember all kinds of details. And I'm like, yeah, but I, I'm like you. I do let them know. But I know some people that just kind of be resentful and be like, oh, okay, yeah, nice to meet you. And that person is like really upset when they walk away. Right, I'm like, right. why didn't you say something? Just, you know, and exactly. re-welcome them into the conversation. Because I know, every, just like you said, everyone is not like us. I, you know, what I found is if you're just, you know, genuine with people, right? And I'm very real. I'm down, you know, I think I'm real down to earth, but I think when though <laughs> people when people don't remember and you know, you just have a good time with it. And and I'll just say this, you know, the being genuine sometimes people are unexpected, unexpectedly welcoming to it. Because if I'm talking to you and you got something in your nose, I can't just stand there and talk to you. <laughs> Oh, God. 15, 20 minutes. I'm like, hey, what are we go for? Do right. I'll like, give the napkin. Oh, Mike, you might want to go to the bathroom or stop there real quick. Go check yourself. <laughs> and, but people appreciate that genuinely because, you yeah. know, like, I would be mad if I'm out here networking, meeting people, working room, and think I'm doing the most, and then go to the bathroom, like, oh, I've got something in my nose or something in my eye or, you know, whatever. But again, just being genuine with people and just being yourself, I think that's, it has served me well. 
Yeah. Oh man. So <laughs> you mentioned, you know, if there's something on your face, I was, I was having a meeting actually in tech square with someone and they had a spider on their shoulder. And I was like, Oh my God. In mid conversation, <laughs> I was like, hold on, you got a spider on your shoulder. So he immediately went crazy trying to get it off his shoulder. And he's like, oh man, thanks for letting me know. So I didn't see it anymore. Literally five minutes later, that spider showed up on like his collar. And so I smacked him in the neck. And so, so, so the crazy thing about it is I'd never met him before. Like that was the first time we ever met. We actually met over LinkedIn. And so when he was in town, he was like, hey, let's meet in person. And this is what happens. So now it's a joke. I said, oh, you're never going to forget this because I saved your yeah. life. That right. spider could have killed you. Exactly. <laughs> and you slapped him in the neck. And I slapped him <laughs> right So let's take a moment to thank our biggest sponsor of this podcast, TPM Focus, a strategy and execution consulting firm focused on generating revenue and finding product market fit for startups and small to medium-sized companies that are launching a new innovation or entering a new market. In a nutshell, if you're launching a new innovation or into a new market, we'll align your technology, marketing, sales, and customer success with your financial goals to ensure your company makes money while finding and solidifying your place in the market. Head over to tpmfocus.com to see testimonials and reach out if you'd like to work with us. You know, you have a great sense of humor. And, I, and that's another thing. You have a great sense of humor. You're very personable. I try to be. I'm an introvert. But the thing is, it makes it so much easier to be in conversation with someone mm -hmm. like you. Mm -hmm. So my next yeah. question. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. No, go ahead. I, I was going to, I got to take it back. I said, you know, the downside of this whole networking thing. So earlier you were talking about, you know, how people reach out of the blue and like, oh, hey, see, you yes. got this new job. How do you handle that when you already know, okay, they just want something they really don't care? You know, it depends on what side of the bed I woke up on that. Because <laughs> yeah, some days I'm just feeling it and like, you know what, I'm go ahead and bless them. I'm going to hook them up. And sometimes, you know, I'll, you know, I'll just be transparent. Sometimes it depends on the relationship I have with that person and the gut feeling. And, you know, over, now I learned this years ago about, you know, just the energy and how it's much as I network, I am very intentional and protective about who I spend time with and how I invest time. And, you know, annually I have to take myself, we take inventory and the people that very simple test. When you think of somebody's name, the energy either goes way up or the energy goes way down. And those people that, you know, the energy goes down, you know, I have to be protective of myself and kind of limit my exposure to those people. But even if somebody I haven't talked to in a couple of years and they're like, reach out to Blue, it's been like three years and I can look at their name and see that email, like, oh, my buddy, that's my, you know, we have good time, but I know, you know, then I'm more inclined to do so. But even some strangers, if they have, you know, reasonable requests out the blue, and I know if you get this too, not like people that hit me up on LinkedIn and ask me for $65,000 to invest in their idea, who I've never met, never talked to, you know, that's not going to happen at all. But for reasonable people that have some form of context on their the caliber of their work, caliber of their character, more times than not, even if I don't necessarily feel like it, I'm more inclined to help people just because I believe 
that karma is good. And eventually that will, if not come back to me, that the person will remember when somebody asked them for help, that they were helped, even when, you know, they were three years out from talking to me. You know, I'm hoping they pay it forward, right? I don't even have to see it. I just hope and believe enough people will eventually pay it forward. Right. Yeah. You create that positive energy. Definitely. You know, I, I, a little birdie told me that you actually oh, have Lord. a book coming. <laughs> no, no, this is good. You actually okay. have a book coming out about this topic to help people. You want to tell me a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So your birdie is correct <laughs> that I do have my first book that's coming out. It's called Networking the Path to Profit, Promotions, and Power. And it's been about three years in the works. And as a type A person, it's been done about a hundred times. I keep going <laughs> back and adding to it. And particularly I had to add to it because it hit pause when we were in the pandemic. So I had to include a whole section on how do you network virtually and how do you network when you're maybe in a hybrid situation? So there's some best practices in terms of networking. But the other thing that I, you know, thought about when I was writing this book is people say, okay, well, I know what it is. I know what it's not, but how do you actually do it? Or what are some tactical things that I'm an introvert and I don't like talking to people, but I know it's part of my gig or part of what I need to do. Or I'm a, you know, I sit behind a computer screen all day, but I want to get promoted. So how do I learn how to articulate and navigate a room when I go to a corporate meeting? So I lay out kind of the framework on, you know, what is networking? How do you prepare yourself for networking? For example, like many people, you need to have your personal pitch and that pitch may vary depending upon what it is that you really want and who you're talking to. So for example, if you are a corporate person, you want to get promoted and you're going to a national meeting or to the corporate office and you got to, you know, you want to have a conversation with the vice president of finance or something like that. How do you approach them? How do you make yourself memorable? What do you do to ensure that there's ongoing engagement? I provide like a blueprint on what to do in these various situations, you know, that encompass inner internal networking, which is inside your organization. Again, could be your place of employment, could be where you volunteer, could be government, doesn't matter. Wherever it's inside your organization, it's referred to internal networking, external networking. You know, everything outside of that, how to avoid crisis networking that we just talked about. And so there's a lot of you know, anecdotal stories. And the person that proved right in my book said, you know, I felt like I was sitting down having a conversation with you. And that's what I wanted you to feel. I'm very transparent about in my career, the good, the bad, the ups and the downs of how networking is helping through it. And, uh, and so the name profit promotions power, you know, one it, profit just means how are you going to gain? It's not necessarily just limited to money, but Profit, meaning okay. how can you learn how to network so that you gain and win at any situation, right? Motions is how do you learn, not just getting promoted in your job or how do you promote your business, but how do you present yourself to anybody at anywhere at any time, right? And then power, one of the things that people may think this is like power, like the show with 50 stat or something like that. No, this isn't like <laughs> power run over people, but power really means that you have control, more control on our, on, you know, your destiny, your career, where the issues you want. And I firmly believe that if you master and learn how to communicate and engage and connect with people, there isn't a limit to what you can do. It is limitless. So it gives you power. Some people feel like I don't have power to even move up on my job. Yes, you do. You have power. And if those people in your company don't see 
you know, what's good in you, then you can use networking to find other places or other opportunities. Now, of course, networking, it goes without saying that you have to be tight on your game. You cannot be suspect in your work. You have to be, right. That's a common denominator, right? You have to be excellent. But, but the networking part allows you to be the best with people and so that you can gain, you learn how to promote yourself and have be empowered to basically navigate the room and get in front of people that can elevate your life no matter what the situation is. Wow. That's wow. That's awesome. I love the way you put that. It explains to me, right, the way you just put that, why you are a Forbes contributing author. So, you know, it just flows what you're saying. And I don't think I've never heard anyone put that together that way. Yeah. Yeah. So this book is going to be good. I got to get it. Where and how and when and all this stuff. Can you tell me? So I will tell you because I know you, I'll give you, I'm not published yet, but it will be coming soon. My website will be up, which will be imkirkbarnes.com. You'll find a copy of my book there. We're in the process of building this brand. Again, should about a year ago, but I'm type A. I just claim that. So we're trying to make sure everything's <laughs> as perfect as possible. But I will actually, because I know you all will provide you, at least with the PDF copies. But everybody else, if you stay tuned and go to imkirkbarnes.com, you'll be able to find a copy and even another pre-sale if you're coming up soon. Oh, that's fantastic. I am Kirkbarnes.com. That will be in the show notes, you guys. I have to tie this back to sales too, because one of the things that I've learned from you is so much about selling, like so much. And I've done sales trainings, you know, over my career, but nothing quite as relatable as what you do. So can you tell me, is there a connection between being a good networker and being a good salesperson? Are those skills connected? Like, Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I will say that anytime that you can improve upon the way that you, that we, that you, we engage people, right? Because no matter what product you're selling, what service you're selling, what company you have, no matter if it's big or small or large corporation, They all have one common denominator, and that is they are all run by people. And if you can't understand how to relate to people, connect with people, make people feel important, those things are synonymous with success as it pertains to networking and even selling. And selling has evolved over the years as well, where, you know, back in the day was, you know, just strictly features and benefits. And and sometimes you hear people say, show up and throw up this means like, if I got 30 minutes with Monique and I got to sell her something, I'm just going to tell her as much as I can about my product and something's going to stick. Those are old ways of selling. And now it's really evolved where I like to say selling is not, I, I almost don't like to call it selling. I'd say it's really an intentional conversation with a desired outcome that benefits all sides. Oh, right. So if, if you Look. could have a, just a discussion and then you guys are both trying to solve the same problem or identifying what the problem is and have a discussion. And at the end of it, you both win and there's no buyer's remorse. That is a great selling situation that will be productive, will be repeatable, and will have what I call a long call continuum in terms of the sale is just not over once the transaction's done. That just kind of confirms what we agreed upon. But I hope anybody I do business with or people that you do business with, no matter if they're in the current job or they change jobs or they change companies or change professions, I hope, and my plan is that once a customer, always a customer. And sometimes customers may not even buy right now because if they don't buy right now and I develop a relationship with them, 
they will refer other people to me. I will refer business to them. So, you know, those are things that, that I've learned, but I'll tell you the, the, the selling model that I developed called it 25, 15, 60 cap selling model is all. Wait a minute, say that again. The 25, 25, 15, 60 cap selling model. Okay. And the easiest way to to download that is, is the percentage of time that you'll spend during doing certain tasks that will result in a successful sale or even successful, and it breaks down like this, 25% of the time should be allocated towards preparation, right? So if you're going to a networking event or you in especially or a conference and you know, who's going to be there, spend 25% of the time, for example, if it's an hour conference, a two day conference, spend at least a day or a significant amount of time researching who's going to be there, research what the topic is, if there's speakers. Are there people you want to contact or there's, you want to meet some of the speakers? So there's the preparation that you do before a networking event and also the preparation that you do before a sale. Like if, you know, for example, I had an hour sales meeting, I spent at least two or three hours preparing. So it might be looking at the, it's the public company, their annual report, or I'll look at the person I'm meeting with. I'll look at, you know, them, I'll link down, I'll look at articles, see what's happening in the news. And that helps you with the next 15% which is what you do when you're in front of people, right? So I'm, even though I might sell something that's for 10,000 and I've had product I sold worth, you know, a couple million dollars. When I have a sales meeting, it's usually between an hour, 30 minutes and an hour, maybe hour and a half. You're, you don't get three hours, five hours in front of somebody. And if you do, it might be over a period of time. So that small window of time, you have to be effective. And that's learning, you know, how to present your product. There's a, a couple of statistics out there that, Half the salespeople out there don't know how to clearly articulate their value proposition to their customers. That's for professional salespeople. Now, imagine what that looks like for like you and I when we're talking to startup founders or small business owners that are not salespeople by profession. So what you do in front of people is so important. And the last thing, which I think if you mess up the preparation, if you mess up what you do in front of people, 60% of a successful sale or successful networking engagement happens in the follow-up. So if people don't remember anything that I say, you can save the day if your follow-up is impeccable. In particular in networking, I like to tell people that what's the unsolved mystery show, the first 48? Yeah. Talk about, you know, the first 48, same thing. When you meet people, if you should have a rule to follow up within 48 hours, whatever that action item is. So it's putting all that together consistently that has a common framework for networking, common framework for selling as well. And the last, one other last thing I'll say, if I'm, as I've coached 15, 20 year career salespeople in that do this for a living, not just startup founders, the one thing that most career salespeople do not do consistently is close and ask for the business or commitment. And it's not like. Monique, I'm not letting let you have phone to you sign this contract. It's just agreeing what. So now that we've had the discussion, what are the next steps? So yeah. you're going to, you're going to, we're going to have a follow-up meeting with your peers. You know, you're, I'm going to send you the contract. You're going to review it, whatever it is. It's agreeing on what is the next course of action to solidify what we talk about and what are the next subsequent steps. Wow. Let me ask you this. That, that was an awesome breakdown. Is any of this going to be in the book or is there a second book that's coming out to help folks with sales? There's a second book that is, is more sales specific. And I haven't landed on the title yet, 
Well, the gist of it is the sugar honey iced tea that they don't teach you in sales training. Oh, because <laughs> because I've never heard this before, yeah. but you're spitting today. So, you know, your company, Transpire does help people with sales and different things of that nature. And we're going to link it to in our show notes here. Okay. And um, but I want you to just tell, you know, briefly what Transpire does, you know, the way I just said it is not is nowhere near with the outcomes that you get for people. Absolutely, though. We help people and companies sell faster and in the simplest form. You know, we originally had a focus of uh, working in the pharmaceutical healthcare and medical spaces because where I have a deep background and selling in healthcare is we're a special breed. It's already complicated to sell in technology or innovation, it, but it's even difficult and very regulated like finance or something else like that. But as with many businesses through the pandemic, we now have expanded and we work with foreign governments. So we had a, like a 16 month project to help the Canadian companies that want to do business in Atlanta. You and, you and I have worked together on a couple of projects as well, yeah. work with, you know, venture capital firms are helping to accelerate, you know, the way that their companies that they invest in sell, especially in the enterprise selling, so large corporate, very complicated selling processes. And we do that by, you know, one teaching that 2550, 25, 17, 60 cap selling model, but also leveraging our network because you can have a great product, great service, but the amount of time it takes to get in front of decision makers is, you know, probably a half, if not three quarters of the sales cycle. So we also will be intentional and leverage our network to not only tell you what to say, but then help our customers get in front of the people to really cut off that, that time it takes to get in front of key decision makers through, through our network. So we leverage our networking expertise because of the people we know and the relationships we've developed with decision makers. So, yeah. you know, B plus A players, not just people down on the food chain that have no you know, decision making responsibility, but the people that actually can make decisions and put things in action along with, you know, the selling skills that make or make anyone be highly effective in front of the customers. And I tell people, you don't have to be a salesperson to learn how to sell. Amen. As long as you have a framework that is consistent and works and you prepare adequately, there's a framework that I teach that will help you be effective when you're in front of customers. Wow. You guys, you got a whole bunch of nuggets from this episode. I would suggest that you go to, well, Kirk is also on LinkedIn, but go to his website. And when that book comes out, definitely cop it because I plan to as well. There's always so much to learn from you. So Kirk, I want to thank you again for spending time and being so detailed and sharing with the Unpolished MBA audience. Thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate you and applaud you for the work that you do. and. Your iron sharpens iron. So as much as you learn from me, I learned just as much as you. And I know we're at time, but I do have one last acronym that I've, came, I've come up with that people that said works really well, if you don't mind that I share. Go ahead. So for my introvert people that when they're out working with or meeting new people, like I don't know what to say when I'm out there chopping it up with people. And I had, to, I had somebody that's not from the U.S. It's like, what is chopping it up? You mean you're cooking vegetables or something like that? <laughs> no, chopping it up is like, <laughs> you're just out talking to people. And so I came up with this acronym called CHOPS. And it's a guy that helped you know where to go no matter who you meet at any point, any time. It's the things that you can ask people. And people, if you were to take a guess, what is the favorite subject of just by everybody you know, in this world? It's themselves. Yep. So you can get people talking about themselves. 
think of my afternoon, I'm going to get you chops for when you're chopping it up. And that means C, compliment people, genuinely compliment people. H, asking about their hobbies. O is asking about their occupation and what they do for a living. P is to people, people that you guys know we're having in common, especially if you look them up on LinkedIn or you're in the same place, you know the same person. The other P is places, where they came from, you know, where you are, where you're going, vacations, there's places. And then the last S is schools and universities. So those chops is a way to help find what I call common ground. And that's what makes people start to calibrate and get a better feel for one another and get comfortable with another. But think of the chops when you're chopping up with people as a good guy to help you learn how to navigate any discussion somebody meets for the first time. Woo! That is fire. You hear me? So I think for this episode, we're actually going to make a graphic for that and put it as your quote. So that is fire. As an introvert, I appreciate this so much. So everyone, you guys, this whole episode was fire. I want to have Kirk back in the future, but Kirk, I'm going to let you go because I can stay here (laughs) all day. I'm going to let you go. And thank you again for joining us, Polish MBA. Anytime. Thank you for having me. Now you have the option to text me any question that you have about your business, about career, and I will answer it on the show. So just go to unpolishedmba.com forward slash text. And from there, you'll be able to text anytime, any question, and I'll answer it on the air. Thank you for listening to the Unpolished MBA podcast. To hear more episodes or to request to become a guest, please visit unpolishedmba.com.